Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. All right, welcome back to On the Table Gaming. It's episode 21, and uh, I'm Chase. Gosh. And uh, today we're going to talk about A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. So uh, how how things been, Josh? Pretty good, pretty good. I've been working up the, uh, you know, sort of the, the creative juices, thinking about what I'm going to be painting next, getting my... Um, uh, I actually based out my uh, Outriders, so I think that's the next sort of project for me because I've been very behind on completing everything. But I'd like to get my uh, army ta- uh, you know, sort of table ready pretty soon. So that's the next next step for me. I've been speeding through as many free folk as possible. I was trying to get as many raiders done, and I did like three units. I got one more. Trying to get some bases down, and uh, I was uh, rushing because I wanted to have as much of my stuff painted for the free folk as possible for Captain Con, which was. This past weekend, so I had really a lot of fun going up there and seeing uh, Dan start from Off the Wall Games in Hadley, Massachusetts. If you're in the Massachusetts area, make sure you check out their store and get in and play some games with those guys. They're really awesome. So, so what did you what did you run uh, when you? Yeah, well, so you know how I talked about how I want to get more experience playing the Free Folk. Well, I figured, <laughs> you know, what better way than to drive an hour or so, a little bit more, to Rhode Island and play at Capticon? So I brought uh, Tormund because. That's the real character that I've I've actually played the most with and haven't just theory crafted with. And I brought uh, it was a thirty point beginner tournament, so I figured great I've got my my starter set sort of stuff. And I brought free folk raiders and I actually threw Tormund Giants Bane in there with a free folk raider unit because I wanted to get like an extra unit with Sundering. And then I had four more units of raiders, two of them with raid leaders. I had a free free folk spearwives unit and a spearwife matriarch, and then a giant. And then that left me with three points left over, and I threw in Lady Val, the Wildling Princess. And really the idea here was to, to bog things down with the raiders, set up some combos with the raid leaders, and then get the giant and Tormund in there and the Spearwives to, to do damage. I mean, seven activations on a 30-point game, that's got to be some kind of a record. Oh, I, I certainly, <laughs> and I, I could have gone further too, but I wanted that giant in there, and uh, I certainly out-activated my opponents. Uh, I think one of my opponents had three units, two Berserkers and an Umber great axe unit and then two ncus so i i had numbers on my side Um, then like how how did it go i mean all right well (laughs) i got last place out of five people (laughs) hey (laughs) that's pretty uh, good i got to test out some things yeah exactly i got to test some things out Uh, i kind of went in with low expectations because in our games it's not the free folk are awesome and i think they're very competitive you've definitely got to play the scenario but i'm still struggling getting some of my combos off there were uh five players two of them were starks one was Night's Watch, and, and uh, Leah, she was awesome. She just brought the starter set box. Like, she opened the box, had the miniatures in there. They weren't painted, like, just ready to go with it. And it was cool to see, like, that you can run that at a tournament like that. And then there was one neutral faction player who had a Roost list that I didn't get to play against. But so, really, I got two Starks and a Night's Watch. You know, the, the, the first opponent I played against had the, the three-unit activation. And so it was Game of Thrones, and there were two points that were relatively close together that he went for. And uh, I tried to spread things out a little bit so I could just kind of cap and just sit and, and have him have to like, walk over to me. Um, and the problem I had um, was uh, things were went somewhat well. I felt like I was getting like my positioning off. Um, I did make a mistake. I left my giant out a little too forward, and he was able to play some, some fancy tactics with his uh, NCUs to get to him first. But uh, I had like a, a spearwife unit that I went deep with and actually was flanking behind him, you know, throwing spears trying to force him to deal with them instead of uh, coming after my other forces. But once he got into my units, the Berserkers really started to get rolling. Like I would engage Uh. (laughs) them and then raid leader into them and I'd start wearing them down. And then it gets down to that last rank and they would just start, you know, taking out units, 
you know, kill a unit and if I and then I have to block the activation for uh, the attack option. Or if I don't, you just kill two units in a in a single round. And I just really had a hard time finishing off units. So that's something oh. for me to think about. You know, I keep thinking like, oh, the raiders are where it's at, and I'm taking four units of raiders. Maybe the raiders are something you take as two. And I'm kind of stuck on that because I need them to bog down units. Like a problem I had against uh, the guy who won the tournament, Devin, who was an awesome guy. He was really doing a great job with his cavalry and uh, actually being able to like bog it down so it couldn't retreat was like really important for me to be able to deal with those units. And I was actually able to take out uh, some outriders that way. So I'm, I'm sort of in this weird spot where like I'm starting to learn how the pieces work. But now I'm like, the, now that I'm learning how the pieces work, I'm like, but I can't fit all the pieces in the army that I want to run. <laughs> I, well, I think, I mean, I think the thing is, it's like, this is probably the biggest, high, like the highest skill demanding army overall, just because, you know, with twice as much stuff going on on the table, you have to like positioning becomes, you know, twice as difficult to, you know, make sure that you're always going to have your guys swarming is, you know, ABS always be swarming is like <laughs> <laughs> their, their faction motto. But it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes easier said than done. Now, so he had two Berserkers and one Great Axes? The, the Great Axes. And the Great Axes, honestly, are uh, what really, really screwed me over in the, the second Stark game I had. There was one in each Stark list. Now, oh. that unit itself can really deal with most of the stuff I can throw at it. And so what I was finding is that if I tried to bog it down and then hit it with something like, you know, Giant or Spearwives, that unit could just weather it like even if they just barely survive, they could usually do enough damage back either to do their what is it their executioner? I think I gotta look it up here. Quickly. It's the executioner's uh, fury. Yeah, and so they're either doing like a ton of you know no defense saves and you know trying to double oh, up, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just cutting through things, or just using mighty cleave. And you know, say they had six hits with mighty cleave, uh, and then it does an additional hit for every uh, armor save failed. You know, a lot of my units have poor armor, and so they would really just generate like a ton of hits, and they could easily, you know, wipe out a unit with a failed morale test. You know, just yeah. so, yeah. and you know, I wouldn't, I didn't think they were going to be as big a problem. I was like, oh, they got four plus armor. I hit them with a few units, but actually finishing them off, doing four dice, and then hitting on a two plus or you know what is it, a three plus or something. You know, if it's oh sorry, it was six dice hitting on a three plus or mighty cleave, they could easily generate like ten hits from that. And it was it was really deadly. It was they would get the extra wounds on my giant, um, and it took a lot of resources to deal. Now, and I get it; it's a seven point unit, and you put a commander in there. But you know, the challenge for me is actually getting enough points against it. Like for me to get nine points against a nine point unit or seven points against a seven point unit, it's like that's a lot of units to position. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you got to use raid leader to get them in there. I think so. Well, I, I wonder. I mean. You know, the Raid Leader, the cascading sort of, you know, activation, I think is useful sometimes. I wonder, though, if it's better to save the points. You know what I mean? I know, I know. Because, like, it's cool to go, like, okay, I'm going to burst forward, and before you get to do anything, I'm going to activate five units in a row. But then what you're really doing is just kind of cycling it so that you're doing all of your stuff up front and then they get to go with all their stuff after. So it's like, I feel like that can be very good, right? If like you're in position to attack and charge with like five different units, obviously that's awesome. But you know, if you're just getting off some like rinky dink attack, 
you know, with your raid leader activation, and then you guys are sitting there instead of being able to react to what your opponent is doing. I think that, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. And obviously you can choose whether or not you're using the raid leader every time, but then, you know, that's that's a, for, for the free folk in particular, you know, any sort of attachment starts to eat into sort of what they're good at. Right. And I was excited to get some combos going. Um, and I know it's like, you know, these are the pie in the sky things you don't want to count on, but you look forward to where, you know, I'd have my spear wives with a matriarch charge in, do some damage. They hit them. They're able to make a free retreat action. Another unit in my list gets hit and I'm able to play counter charge after a friendly combat unit is attacked. Target one other friendly unit, it may immediately make a free charge action. So then my spear wives could charge back in. When a friendly unit charges, you can play Rush of, Aggr Rush of Aggression. They get plus two dice. So there's like some cool cycle things I was able to start getting through. But, you know, sometimes it just wasn't enough or the dice weren't there. So still still a work in progress. How come how come you didn't take up uh, any any trappers in the... Uh... Yeah, so that was what I was trying to figure out is that at this point, would I be facing a lot of like smaller solo units? So the, mm -hmm. I don't think the mountain that rides was legal, for example. Dire wolves like Summer, et cetera, are, are possible to see. I wasn't as worried about them. And actually, they weren't a big deciding factor. I think it was a ghost in one game. Like my giant actually got to like just squish. Like they were trying to get <laughs> desperate and they tried to flank charge him. I was like, ow, you know, okay, it turned around, splat. Right, right. But, you know, I think uh, that might be something I mess around with more going forward. I, I did realize, like I'm starting to realize that the free folk spear wives are much better than I anticipated in that they their attack value doesn't decline. So they have seven dice. At full ranks, seven dice at two ranks, and then it drops. Oh. And it's it's pretty easy to take damage as the free folk. And so even though it drops to three in the end, which really kind of sucks, the, having that second rank still be seven has been really, really key. I mean, they do have that extra point of morale, too. There are seven plus and seven eight plus, right. which still isn't great, but... You know they're a little bit more survivable. Um, so and you took the um, spearwife matriarch, right? Matriarch, with, right? Giving you the free uh, retreat action. So does right. that come in handy at all? Yeah, I mean for those like kind of cycles where like I they get out and get a free charge, so I could use the sundering again. The first game I think I did use them the best was they were able to using Val like maneuver past some berserkers and start throwing spears in the side of them. Mm -hmm. And so the opponent basically was like, well, do I charge forward and get an objective? Or do I turn around and kill your spearwives? You know, what do I do? Now, it's important to note spearwives are not an insignificant target. So in a game mode that allows for scoring off units, they do get mulched up. And in the end, they ended up getting hit, you know, pretty hard and eventually getting wiped out. But I, I start to see, like, where I can use them. The other thing is, like, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest about my own playing ability, I oftentimes rely on firing into combat and using, you know, like, anchoring my Lannister guards with a guard captain and shooting crossbows into a unit that's engaged with them. Well, I can't really do that with the spear wives. So I'm like, okay, like they're engaged with my Raiders. I can throw my spears at them. And it's like, oh no, panic test. Like that's, that's going to probably destroy me. <laughs> so I guess I have to charge in. So I'm not, I'm not really utilizing free folk. Uh, firing into combat much. I think it takes like a special sort of, you know, strategy to make a list made up of units that are, you know, on paper, they're worse, right? Than like pretty much any other infantry unit in the game because they're half as many points as any other infantry unit in the game. You know, so you have to be able to use that to your advantage, which is not always going to be easy. Right. Uh, and I, I think that's the, that's the challenge is like getting over the hump. Because the funny thing is, I read a pretty detailed report on um, on the Facebook page where the guy was explaining like he like was like three and oh with his free folk so far and it was just like 
you know, playing the objective, making sure you got there first yeah. and just like wasting their time dealing with these crummy units. Cause even though a free folk Raider unit can get wiped out by a berserker unit in one turn, the thing is That's like, a turn they waste. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a six turn game. And like the first two turns are pretty much almost always a wash anyway, cause you're just positioning. So it's like, you know, they have to get through a lot of guys in a short period of time to make that all back. So that that's where I think it's going to be interesting to see like how that develops over time as you get more sort of, you know, experience with these guys. So the game I, I won was actually Dance with Dragons. And I, that's basically what ended up happening. I was able to get to the points um, either through threatening one, like I had my giant pushed uh, off of one and they made kind of a decision. They're like, do I engage and let the giant charge in or do I wait for my backup on the next round? They waited. I just grabbed the token and I just started walking back with it slowly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool because then I'm like throwing units in the way and uh, it felt very tactical. And I was like, oh, I'm playing the objective here. Um, but one of the tough things was is that one of the criteria for the tournament is they record your, um, your objective, like how many objective points you get. And then the other column is like units destroyed. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't a round where like there were in out of those three games, like there were games where I didn't, I didn't kill anybody. Like or I killed like one unit and I'm like, yes, I killed that. Like that six point unit or that seven point unit. Or, uh, you know, I, I killed that one unit of berserkers. Finally, the other one's almost there, but you killed, you know, three units of Raiders or, you know, equal points value or oftentimes a little bit more if I have a raid leader in there. And so in the end, it was often numbers where it's like I had seven points of destroyed units versus like 12 or 16 on the other side. You know, that's something I've got to figure out too. If like that's going to be a tiebreaker criteria, you know, how do I generate those kills? And that, that might just come with more experience. I mean, that's going to be tricky down the road for you guys. I mean, I think it depends on, on what direction they go. I think, I mean, I think it's a valid tiebreaker. I think it should be pretty far down the, uh, the list though. Uh, I think, you know, things like, you know, obviously match wins is most important followed by, you know, points scored, like the point differential, points scored versus points against. Um, and then I think, you know, maybe like strength of schedule and then maybe kills. Cause like, and this it, is also like, a, this is a pretty small tournament. It was, you know, five people total. Oh yeah. Um, but I guess the one confident thing is that I feel like now I'm not afraid of cavalry uh, in combat. Like I think they're really challenging because they get to the objective so much faster than I do. But, um, being able to actually bog them down now i'm like oh if someone took a bunch of like flayed men like yeah that's terrifying but uh they're gonna get stuck where i want them to get stuck um sure. they're not gonna really retreat out of that and if they're gonna spend two rounds cutting through stuff and if i have to do extra healing or things to keep them there that's fine like i, I will waste their time hey, right. like, all day what i didn't get to face and the the one player there that i didn't get to play was a uh, neutral and he took a uh, ruse and he had some bastards girls i didn't have any um really archer opponents i mean there was one um one night's watch player that had the i think there's the trackers right the horse the ones on horseback i always mix those up with the oh sure yeah, yeah yes the ranger trackers but you know even then it wasn't that big a deal but against like say stark bowman that could use terrain that I, is impassable or something i could see that being a big problem so i, I want to get practice yeah. there <laughs> Well, I think the next time we play, I definitely want to run uh, a Stark list against Free Folk and see how it goes. It's really fun. It's dynamic with the movement. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, but we'll, we'll get there. So anyhow, the, the my takeaway, if you're listening and you're like, are Free Folk good or do they stink? Oh, yeah, they're really good. And the problem I'm having is that they're good when I'm getting the pieces to work how I maybe think they're intended, but I'm not able to get that consistently going. So it's the opposite of Lannisters for sure, where I could be like, I got to do this. <laughs> I sat there like, come hit me. Now I'm like, right. okay, 
there's your guy. I got to make sure I get two guys on him at least. How do I do this? I think that's the thing is like, you know, the Lannisters really were very forgiving. I mean, especially in certain game modes like Game of Thrones, like where you're just taking these static points and it's like, you have to kill me and take me off of this somehow. Like if they get three out of five and they're like, well, right. if you can't deal with this, I win. Um, and, and that can be very challenging because like, you know, normally you would just go, okay, well, I'm going to ignore the guardsmen because, you know, they're, they're going to be annoying. They're going to take very little damage. They're going to Lannister supremacy me and yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that's, that's, that's a trick with like the free folk is like, you know, you don't have that advantage of being like, I have this really sturdy unit that I can just park on an objective. I have these like right. very fragile units that have to use teamwork, uh, that, that are going to just kind of outvalue you, you know? Right. And the thing is like the giants, I, I tried using them in a few ways, but, um, initially I was like, okay, nobody here has played against the free folk much. I'm going to try and use them as like an intimidation piece being like, I'm a giant, like watch out, like don't engage me. And like, you know, try and be as you know aggressive with it as possible. And, and against people that were like, Oh no, like it's a giant, like I better watch out and like wait for multiple units or, or set up this perfect scenario. It was awesome. Uh, but I guess yeah. the players that were much more experienced, they're like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to kill that. I'm going to charge it. And I'm going to, and it's like, ah, oh, okay. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to charge your giant. And then when you counter with your spear wives, like I won't care because I'm going to kill your giant. So I mean, the giant is a support piece. <laughs> right, for sure. And I think that's a thing that like, you know, experienced players will take a look and go like, okay, what's the most dangerous thing on the table that he has? I'm going to go ahead and take that out of the equation. Uh, and that's going to make my life a lot easier. Because I think the giant is like the ultimate, like I'm going to get you off of this objective by just smashing your your yeah. unit is like, they're perfect for that kind of stuff. And I was, it was disappointing that when you got like, you know, I've got, uh, you know, two units of Raiders, a Spearwive unit, they're all poised there to pounce and I've got my giant and it's like, you know, come at me and I'm going to just crush you. And they run in, kill the giant. And then everything claps on them and they're just like throwing <laughs> everything off. And I'm like, not how I thought that was going to go, but yeah. it's so fun, man. And yeah, I, you know, this, the free folk, I think I've just shown like a whole nother depth of the mechanics of this game. And, and just, I'm like so sold on this game now, a song of ice and fire in that, the, the, there's so many different ways to play the different styles of enemies you're gonna be fighting i don't know if you can't tell we're a fan we make a podcast i guess so you probably <laughs> it out, for those of you that are listening like one of the things to stop the love fest about free folk we, we got some other topics we'll talk about but never gonna stop the love fest it was great it. and special shout out to dan start from off the wall games and hadley mass uh he did an awesome job toing and uh i'm hoping uh maybe over the summer or later in the spring i'll get up there for some games with you guys a little bit of a drive but i'll make it <laughs> Yeah. Well, so uh Chase, I did I did happen to notice that the rookery is positively overloaded. Oh boy. I, I mean, was away been... this weekend playing. You, did you did you feed all the crows in there? Oh, no, uh, I haven't no, I haven't I can't get in there. It's literally oh bursting God. at the seams. There's bird poop everywhere. <laughs> I think we gotta go down there or up there and then see what <laughs> is it up or down? Like. Which way? <laughs> I feel like a rookery's gotta be up, right? I mean if it's gotta go be up, like I'll in a tower. Down, we'll just... We'll meet back up. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let's go in there. So we'll all right, open the door and oh my, okay, it's about we got here. <laughs> There's so much stuff in here. Oh my, it's you know it's, it's about a in one week we've had more news than we've had up until this point. I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been spoiler season. I think some of it has been uh, you know official Simon release no news, and then 
Uh, luckily, uh, we have also seemed to uh, get some insider info uh, from a couple of different sources. We had that ICV2 article, and then also uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff what that came it? up. I think on it was, our... do I, I don't know if we give them publicity here, but there was a games up next level board games website that basically just posted like everything and, like, and little blurbs for them. It's like, oh, treat date be damned that's how it's getting spoiled i guess that's how it's getting released okay well i mean the nice thing is that a lot of this stuff is we only have like the names of what it's going to be so we have no idea what the units do what the models look like we literally just have like box art and a title with one exception so i think it's it's great because it's what it does is it's a perfect teaser of just like okay well guess what there's all this stuff coming down the pike you have all this stuff to look forward to you know, what do you think it's going to be? Like, what would you like it to be? And that's kind of fun time to uh, speculate on that. But the first thing we had news on was uh, something we talked about with Michael last week, that we have a full spoiler uh, for the Savage Cave Dweller. Yeah, now this is an amazing unit here. And, it, you know, more free folk talk for all of you. So they have a movement of six, which is great. They're, they're, they're fast. It's a, what was it, a six-point unit? No, five-point unit. Five it's point, a five-point yeah. unit. Yep. And uh, the attack profile is it hits on a four plus at seven, five, four. So starts off just as great as the Spearwives, and then it kind of declines a little bit faster. They've got a six plus invulnerable save. And then here's the most amazing thing that I'm, I'm looking forward to now. They have a four plus morale. Four plus. That's amazing. Pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. And, but even, even better than that is that ruthless savagery ability. So each time this unit attacks, it may select one of the following bonuses. So the first one is the attack gains plus one to hit for each of the defender's destroyed ranks. That's amazing. So they could, they're hitting on a four plus, but easily be a three, eventually a two, two plus, two plus hits. I'll, I'll take that. The <laughs> second, second uh, option, the attack gains sundering. So defenders suffer negative one to defense save rolls. So great charging in the flank, right? And, and adding on those multipliers. And then finally, the other option is this attack gains vicious. Defender suffers negative two to their panic test. For each of the defender's destroyed ranks, it may select one additional bonus. So if they have two ranks down, you can pick two of those three elements to be uh, benefiting your, your savage, savage cave dwellers here. It'd be all three, right? If they're, if they're, if they're down to their last rank. Because you start with one, and don't you get one per? Oh my gosh, rank? you're right. So at yeah, oh, that's even better than I thought it exactly. was. Exactly. Oh. This is the this is the cleanup crew. Yeah. These guys might supplant the um, uh, the the bastards girls as like the ultimate. We're just going to finish this unit off because as a unit gets damaged, these guys just get better and scarier. Uh, so and for their point value, I think they're they're going to be pretty heavy hitters. This is exactly what I felt was lacking when I was playing the tournament. Or I'd get units down to like one rank and I just can't pull it together and kill them off. I'm rolling my raider damage, you know, you know, my my six dice on a four plus, maybe a three plus, but you know, getting three, four hits, they're blocking some of those with the armor. You know, this is I think what the free folk were absolutely needing. Yeah. I mean, these guys just and, come in uh, like they're like the 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 closer, right? Like the yeah, you know, the, the rest of the army is sort of setting the table and these guys are just chowing down. I mean, these guys are just gonna be literally mopping up the last of the wounded units and just punching through them. I mean, and the nice thing about them is with that really good morale is that like, you know, if you kind of keep them in the back a little bit, they're really not going to be susceptible to things like, you know, okay, I'm gonna hit them with a, you know, uh, um, having Cersei take the crown and, and then hit him with the panic test and maybe wipe them out. Um, you know, they're going to be you know, pretty resilient for that kind of stuff. So they can kind of hang back and then spring, uh, spring the trap at the right yeah. time. Heck, if you're really worried about it, throw a, a Spearwife Matriarch in there. And if somebody does get a charge off on them and does some damage to them, 
have them pop out and uh, you know, someone can re-engage and tie up that unit or you could charge back in. I, I think it's so cool. And I love toolbox uh, effects like this, where you can kind of, you have like a menu of things that you can do, you know, so that you're approaching the situation and you're like, well, which is going to be most beneficial to me now? So it's not like a static effect, which may or may not be that great, or you have to kind of force a situation to make it great. You can kind of work on whatever's going to work best for you, right? So yeah. like, if you're looking for like a panic effect, you know, then you take the vicious. But if you're fighting like a Lannister unit with a guard captain, you're like, all right, that's not going to be that great. So let me take Sundering. Yeah, I feel like Sundering isn't too hard to come by in the uh, free folk list as it is. Um, but vicious, I think, is going to be really helpful because sometimes you just need that extra bit of morale damage to, to push a unit over. And hopefully we'll have more effects that help with that in the future. I mean, it makes a big difference. I mean, I think anything that you can do to inflict more casualties, I mean, morale is a massive part of that. We actually, I've got a, a pre-written up article on the Free Folk Cave Dwellers, and we're going to have maybe, maybe next week we'll have an announcement about some big new plans. Keep an eye out for our write-up on the Free Folk Savage Cave Dwellers with some additional special information about uh, some other stuff coming out with them and uh, a sample list. Wink, wink, wink. So uh, we'll see about that, but... Um, we got good stuff coming for them. That was the official spoiler on the Facebook page from Adam and Michael, who had a hilarious little uh, fake beef, which I think fooled at least one guy who thought they were <laughs> actually like, he's like, wait a minute, were you guys not supposed to disclose this information? Why are mommy and daddy fighting? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, well, uh, you missed the joke on that one, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, so so that was like sort of the official notice. And then we got into this, like, I don't know what happened, but the floodgates just burst open and all of this news fell out so this is where all these ravens are showing up i mean uh, we got we got spoilers galore here i mean it's one two three four five six six new boxes and Seven? i stuck a couple i stuck a couple oh, at, the, at the end there I, there's oh. somebody else who's posted that up that I, I haven't verified but there's some other stuff in there like with some dates uh which That's may ten, or may not be accurate ten units, ten yeah. units. okay yeah Oh, well, so, let's take a break from Free Folk, actually. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to this one a little okay, bit. Okay, let's, all right. Let's all some right. of the other options coming along. <laughs> Everyone else is like, this is welcome to the Free Folk podcast here. And... All about Free Folk all the time. All right, so then the first one here we have uh, is a Night's Watch Heroes box number one. So this is going to add a whole bunch of new attachments, uh, commanders, uh, which means more uh, tactics options. So it's going to be fascinating. I don't think at this point, Chase, we don't know who is actually in the box, right? Well, right now, as we're speaking, people are messaging in the Discord, and Corn Halfhand from the Discord, shout out to Corn. Uh, he's saying he thinks Corn Halfhand's in the box. <laughs> so so that, awesome. that's a, you know, there's there's all sorts of conspiracy theories. He's saying he has his doubts about, but some people he's saying are are saying that in the background of the box, there's two sort of shadowy figures that might be Sam and Gilly, because it does say it comes with a non-combat unit. Yeah, but it says a singular non-combat unit, so I wonder if that would be Sam, or he's behind the person with the bow. I mean, who's the person yeah. with the bow? We don't know. That could be oh, like right. Pip. It could be Gren. And I wonder the guy with the beard is that Corin Halfhand, or is that? I mean, who is that guy? I don't know. So if you are a a Song of Ice and Fire like aficionado, and you think you know who these characters are, you know, kind of the more uh, minor characters or characters that I just should remember. Mm -hmm. um, what is it like? 
uh, Donald Noy or whatever that guy's name was. The uh, uh, Laura said you have, uh, you know, you yeah. got, um, oh, we haven't talked about Alistair Thorne, Alistair right? Thorne. I mean, like the, the drill sergeant. That's a huge one. So, I mean, there's all kinds of characters that they can So do. if you think you know, uh, message us on the Facebook page or send us an email at onthetablegaming at gmail.com and uh, help us piece some of this information together to get out to you guys in the wider community. I, I think it's fun. This is part, like I said, this is kind of fun. Like when you have a spoiler with like very little information attached to it, it's kind of interesting to just go like, I mean, what do you think it is? We don't know. It's not free folk though. So <laughs> I, for all of you Lannister fans who are like, weren't you just the biggest Lannister fan like two episodes ago? Sorry guys. He, he's a traitor, which you know <laughs> is a typical Lannister, right? I mean, it just can't be trusted. Uh, so there's uh, actually, two units that can two boxes that are planned for these guys right yes and... we have the lannister hero box number two which is going to contain a whole bunch more commanders and attachments uh which by the way hero boxes are probably my favorite because they add you know probably the most diversity to the units that you already have because like so much of your army's sort of construction is based around you know, who your commander is and what your tactics cards are. So this is like, you know, that one box turns every, you know, unit you have into 12 different things because you can now have like all these different permutations. Now, this is wild speculation and I have no idea what I'm talking about here, but is the Lannister Heroes box two just Joffrey Baratheon and then the Kingsguard? Like, are all the characters just the Kingsguard characters? It says uh, there's seven Kingsguard right. and him. So is it just him and his, and his Kingsguard? And do you think those are going to be like, NCUs or an actual like all a unit of characters. Well, so I read on the uh, on the website that each of the Kingsguard is going to have their own stats and special abilities. So if there's seven Kingsguard and Joffrey Baratheon, I mean that would be tip more than there would typically be within a single hero box, right? Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, I would assume that most of them can be attachments, maybe commanders. I'm assuming Joffrey would be a commander, although albeit a kind of a jerk commander. <laughs> like yeah. A bratty commander. Um, I wonder how they'll do that, having a bratty uh, mechanic where it's like he's like a non-helpful character or something. Yeah. If Tyrion uh, is in the same army as Joffrey Baratheon, he will smack, <laughs> smack him in the face. It's, uh, <laughs> that unit takes damage from Tyrion. You know, yeah. one point. Well, yeah, one point of damage. Mm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Joffrey Baratheon will retreat to the tactics board. And then the Lannisters are also getting a, a, a unit that was spoiled, the Warrior Sons. Yes. So the, the official blurb was, the Warrior Sun unit box give Lannisters player a righteous arm out on the battlefield. These highly skilled and well-equipped soldiers are an avenging scythe, cutting down those who oppose them and using their faith to bolster themselves during combat, gaining faith tokens that they can use for different bonuses and abilities. So that's a whole new gameplay mechanic they're introducing it's interesting i so so that'll probably go into the you know sort of the faith militant side of things with the high sparrow which you know we've seen oh gosh who was a champion of the faith the uh the attachment yep. that we got yep. in the kickstarter i mean but other than that we haven't really seen too much of that yet so this will be really interesting to see these guys um in play i i don't i wonder what the faith tokens will be i mean is just it, when you thought you had enough tokens i know <laughs> I, so will they like uh will the faith tokens be something that they earn by doing something or is it something that like if they don't get attacked for a certain period of time they like a, you know can like bank them Ooh. it'll be interesting to see what they do yeah and do you think this faith token uh will be a mechanic across multiple factions like that have faith or is it going to be just for the lannisters and the faith militant that's a good question i i, I don't know i mean i think i feel like faith is is really kind of like that's 
I mean, it, unless they want to spread it around, but I feel like that's Some probably going to be shadow, their maybe flavor. Shadow demon. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, who knows? Yeah, it could be. You burn know, fate could child. also spoiler. Burn your child. Oh, Chase, you just did. Oh, it. I guess that actually hasn't happened in the books. We have no idea what's going on. With that, oh, we do don't we? know what happened. Yeah. Man, as far as where we know that Stannis is still doing great. Right. Things are good. Number one. He's dead. still. I mean, he's still eleven in the books. <laughs> correct. Am I yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so funny because I read the book uh, so long ago that it's like hard. Now it's hard for me to like separate the, the two. I, I absolutely hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but anyway, anyway but yeah, that, faith. That's right. The faith mechanic could definitely work in the Baratheon army because then you've got the whole Melisandre, Red Pete priest thing. So maybe that could be a, a, an effect that they would spread that to that side of things as well. So then we have, uh, you know, probably I, I think what must be everyone's most exciting moment, which is the Stark Heroes two box. Uh, you know, for the best army that there is, bringing with it <laughs> uh, a whole bunch of new commanders and attachments. So this one, we actually 100% know all of the people in there. So well, just like, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? It's the Starks. They're the coolest. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, we know who all these characters are because they're the best. The protagonists we have. Uh, although ah. I have to say, when I saw the box art, I accidentally in the beginning was like, I don't know who's in the lower left. Like, it's like some little lady, like some little old woman. And uh, <laughs> nope, little boy, it's Rickon. Uh, oh so. man! So My so bad. there's <laughs> there's Rickon Stark and Shaggy Dog, right? There's Sirio uh, Pharrell and Arya Stark, and then there's Mira and Jojen Reed. Uh, so it's gonna be kind of interesting. I mean, it's like it's kind of like the children box set, except for Sirio, right? Like everyone yeah. in there is like Run. a kid. <laughs> But I mean, that's going to add, I mean, people have been talking about Arya for so long and we saw the yeah. sculpt for that spoiled on the Facebook page. It looks awesome. Yep. Actually, it looks exactly like the art on the box. <laughs> It'll be fascinating how they're going to like, I'd love to see what her abilities are going to be because you got to figure like, you know, she's not going to be like necessarily like a heavy hitter in combat, but she'll probably have some interesting sort of like similar to like Serial, right? Like Serial is probably I'm imagining, I'm imagining something that's going to be sort of an elusive ability, something that sort of plays into the whole fencing sort of idea as opposed to like a brute force approach. Um, it, yeah. It's going to be fascinating. And I think, you know, I, I made this joke to you earlier, but I think Rick and Stark, I mean, his, his role obviously is going to be that if he's in a unit, they have to move in a straight line only. And if they get shot at by range, oh. unit, if they take plus two hits. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> So Which is also something that hasn't happened in the books yet. I don't, I, as far as I know. Yeah, who, who knows? Maybe it'll never happen. Maybe uh, George R. Martin's just going to go, you know, completely different direction, and you know, everybody lives happily ever after, and they, they, they don't, they don't, they end the war, peace treaty. Could, I, that would, wouldn't that be an interest? Like he doesn't even have like another book. It's just like literally like a pamphlet. This is like, like yeah, they worked good. it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a trade deal. It was about a trade deal all along. They started yeah. a republic. <laughs> 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 but maybe not maybe not let's hope it doesn't uh, go in that direction that would be that would be crazy though yeah so do you think they're gonna do they have uh done some characters with like different versions of them um so we've had some like whispering woods specific characters so do you think as the game progresses we're gonna see the timeline move forward and have an aria that is like an assassin aria because right now it's like you're a kid who's working with like a fencing instructor while you lie and tell people that is like a dance instructor or something, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I mean, cause I think the game right now is at the point where it's like right after, you know, Robert's death. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I think, I think that makes perfect sense then down the road that we'll have like a, a progression. Like um, for example, in the, in the, the card game, in the LCG, 
uh, you know, when you first, when the first game first came out, all of the dragons were just little, you know, hatchlings. They were just little dragons, low power. And then recently, like years later, uh, they've gotten to the point now where the dragons are like full of grown dragons. So I think it'd be really cool to see that same sort of progression where, you know, maybe you have like the intro Arya Stark, who's going to have like one set of abilities based on her being like a little kid. And then maybe we'll have like, you know, Terminator Arya uh, from the... <laughs> after she gets back uh just you know messing everybody up so who knows although again i don't think that they've gotten to that point fully in the book yet right and and working our way to the the best of the best here we'll we'll, we'll take one more detour here uh there are some new knight's watch faction units coming out as well and unit i should say in the fact in the form of the knight's watch conscripts so these are a really cheaper unit at least that's how they're being built a, a, a cost point value that's much lower than their typical units um, and I'm yeah. wondering, you know, how low is that? Are we talking free folk levels of low? Like, I wonder if we're going to have any other factions that actually have three point units. Uh, it could be or, right. I, I, I wonder if it'll get at that low. I mean, I wonder if it like because like a low point value for the Night's Watch right now, like five points would be like the cheapest unit they have, right? Right. They don't have anything under six, so uh, it, I think it'd be good to have um, a unit like this, like that's available for. Not to say filler, but like something that gives you like another option at a lower price point so that if you're looking for just like another activation or something like that, um, that'd be helpful. I'd, I'd be interested to see what their stat line looks like. I mean, they might be as simple as just something like, you know, kind of like a, uh, you know, like a sworn swords, you know, just like a you know, right. real basic infantry unit, not a lot of flash, no real big special abilities, but kind of just cheap. Infantry. I, I I am interested, though, even though I'm not really playing Night's Watch in what this watch recruiter unit attachment is going to be because the the kind of tag is with it is that it's a unit that can help any night's watch army unit work just a bit more efficiently it's like oh, i wonder you know mm. so some sort of bonus what would make every unit more i mean is it, maybe it's just like everyone gets a plus one to hit or something i don't know but um, well i mean not to not to throw back to the card game again but the night's watch recruiter card is one of the most obnoxious card because it was a card where you could like play it and then they call it kneeling instead of tapping but like you would kneel the night's watch recruiter and then just steal a character from your opponent oh, uh geez. similar to like the you know the, the the night's watch have that mechanic that tactics card where they can actually steal an attachment i don't know if this is going to do that because that would seem pretty rough uh but then uh i don't know it'd be it'd be interesting to see something like that maybe they what they can do is you know, if you're in combat, you could do fail morale. Maybe you get to steal some of the guys that are running away, similar to that Lannister oh, effect. Oh, interesting! You know, he's yeah. like, "Hey guys, wait before you go. Let me let take a pamphlet. You know, maybe you sign up for our army instead." Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I also I wonder if there'd be a way if they'll ever do like a unit that like reduces the cost of a unit. Like you lose an attachment hmm. slot, but it gives you you know, an additional point to spend on an attachment somewhere else. Like, so you could have yeah. fewer, but better. That probably gets a little dangerous though. Sort of like the A-wing remove your missile slot. Yeah. Subtract, subtract two points from your points. I mean, it's a, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a way to go. I mean, that'd be kind of interesting to see if like, it was like, I mean, how much of an opportunity cost though, is it like, would that be one point to just like remove well, an attachment slot i don't think so right would it i don't know i mean the free i mean the the night's watch you don't have that many spots to put stuff i mean so... just think about it if like if you could reduce everything by one point i mean wouldn't you just throw that in every night's watch unit right and you're, like then you have five points have like them. a five five unit activation list or four like you know it's not they're not that swarmy as it is 
but this might just be crazy talk right now, right? <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, again, this is the fun of speculating. Like, we have no idea what it, we just know the, the name of it. So it could be anything. There was another Stark unit that is at least speculated. Oh, yeah. And we had a tentative date. I threw that down at the end there, Chase. I don't know if you saw oh, that part I got of it. That. But this is a unit that I've seen. We like they spoiled it way back in the Kickstarter and just like we saw glimpses of it. And it's something that I've been looking forward to for a long time, but that's the Tully Cavaliers, which is Simon, the start. Can we just get these for Josh now? Because, I mean, he's been talking about since like, since like August, like before the Kickstarter. He's like, oh, man, can't wait to get the Kickstarter and my Tully Cavaliers. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, we're like 21 episodes in. I'm trying to make a fish army. You guys are killing me. Just, I just wanted to stop talking about it. At some point, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but this is amazing. Nah, yes. I'm You're going to be so happy. Yes, come, come whenever, uh, you know, they have a date down there of April 26th. Who knows how accurate any of that is, but if we get that in April, that'd be sick. I mean, right. so it, it's, it's going cool to, be... to see that some of this stuff's coming down the pike. And it's going to be, you know, watch some Game of Thrones and then get together and play some games. And you'll be pulling out your Cavaliers uh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When's the new season start? The is 15th, it, is it... I think, right, of April? Oh, my goodness. We're, we we're have actually... like a marathon game session into the first yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to get some some scenarios out there for the community, and we'll, we should do a big, a big, big event for that. Yeah, definitely. That'll be a lot of fun. And then the Free Folk Follower of Bones. How, how, uh, how, you said that so, <laughs> so laissez-faire. That's all. Awesome. The Followers of Bones? It's Come amazing. On. Because the reason why I'm not super excited yet is because we haven't even talked about the Free Folk Heroes box that's coming out. I mean, oh, yeah. we've yeah, all yeah, been yeah. waiting for Harm of the Dog's Head, who you know, <laughs> it's, it's been said that she has, uh, that she's, uh, she hates dogs and uh, she's squatting around. I mean, she has chubby cheeks. That's... We've all been <laughs> if you go to the Wiki of Ice and Fire for Harma the Dog's Head, the first thing is just like, Harma has big cheeks. She's squatting around. She hates dogs. <laughs> That was clearly so, written by somebody who's like 11 years old, who probably shouldn't be <laughs> reading Game run. of Thrones. <laughs> she um, is round, and her cheeks are also round. But, uh, you know, so dogs. she does get killed by the Baratheons when they show up. So spoiler there. But um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Free Folk Heroes box has a, a few cool people. I, I thought it was interesting. We've got the follower, the followers of Bones, but then the Lord of Bones, they actually refer to instead as Rattleshirt, which was like his... Uh, nickname, and I feel like the Lord of Bones is like a way cooler nickname. I think it's cooler than Rattleshirt. Yeah, Lord of Bones. Yeah, eh, I think Rattleshirt's right. cooler. Rattleshirt. That's like teaser face, man. Like it's Rattleshirt. <laughs> like here he comes, starts rattling. <laughs> I don't know. I know uh, that's a great name. All right, fair enough. Sorry for all you Rattleshirt fans out there. Let let us know at onthetablegaming at gmail dot com. <laughs> Rattleshirt or Lord of Bones. Well, at least Rattleshirt is like a, I mean, he's like a pretty big character in the books and really cool. I mean, Harma would be something that would be considered like a deep cut, right? Like, sort of, right. I mean, like, I'm sure there's like somebody out there who's like, I'm the number one Harma super fan. <laughs> but I was like, you know. They're going to be pumped. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're going to be have their Harma t-shirt on and be like, sick. This is the moment I've been waiting for. And, uh, you know, there's a few of these that I had to be like, oh, yeah, like the Weeper. Um, uh, and I, I did remember that, him. So he he was where he's like there when Jon Snow gets captured. That's what I remember. Yeah, he's got weepy eyes, which is like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The yeah. free folk. The free folk are very literal. What do you think, Lord of Bones or, or Weeper? Hmm? What do you think? Yeah. He could be the Grim Weeper. 
you know, just drinking <laughs> beer. I think he actually doesn't he use a scythe? Am I? He does. He does use a scythe. So yeah. So he, he is the. Wait, wait, that's not why he's named that, is he? Oh no. <laughs> no, it's just because he's he's crying all the time. It's like just relax, man. It's yeah. not that bad. He's like it's just cold. So I, I think though, I mean, there's some speculation. I I think the one that's pretty obvious uh, is Ikret, which is going to be you know she's the the fiery redhead right in the center of the uh, box art, which would be awesome, right? Right. Uh, so she's another great character. I actually was really sad when I read that part of the book and I was just like, no. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, then in the background, there's some um, speculation of behind the Lord of Bones and the box art. Um, it might be Steer, one of the Fen, um, based on the armor he's wearing. Cool. But can't quite tell. But so, yeah, I mean, then I, I feel like, oh, wait, is any of those, does any of those look like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Veramir uh, Sixkins? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to say, know. right? Because I hope not, because I want a cool one with like animals. Like I want that hero box just to be like him and like a bear and a shadow yeah. cat and an eagle. And it's like, yeah, yeah. bring the, bring the solos. I, I think that I think that that's going to be something that's coming up later because the Free Folk Heroes box it's kind of like for sure you've got Rattleshirt there because he's got the skull skull head on you know you've got Egret but then the other ones are you know fairly nondescript I think Dog's Head because it's like a a chubby cheek lady <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other than that it's like I don't know where else people got that from but then yeah, yeah I mean I, I think Baron Six, Six Guns would be like a great like a single unit by himself like with his little menagerie of animals so we can hope for that. And then, of course, I am also excited for the Free Folk Follower of Bones unit coming out in May. That's going to be cool. By then, I'll have played so much Free Folk, I'll be ready for them. I'll, I'll know how to use them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, the amount of stuff that we have coming out that we know of is just absurd. I mean, it's going to be so fun. So, you know, there's pretty much something for everybody um, that's coming up shortly here, which is just awesome. Now, a lot of people have asked, and I think this is something that we should mention here, too is there's a couple questions of like, you know, we got all this great stuff coming up, but it felt like there were some things that were maybe missing or that like, you know, we would have expected a, uh, an announcement on, but hasn't happened yet. Um, one of them is, you know, well, actually there's two things, uh, some of the Kickstarter exclusive items. And the other thing is the, uh, you know, the Bolton Blackguard, right? Uh, because at this point, you know, things like the Mountain That Rides, which you mentioned before, you know, the Mounted Brendan Tully, Mage Mormont, there's like a ton of stuff that we have access to already which has not yet been released at retail. Um, so I don't know, what, what do you think? I mean, what are their plans for like putting that stuff out? Is that going to come in the same period of time? Are they holding on to it for some reason? Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised by it as well. I have a, a friend who just got into the game and he's just like, I want to play Starks and I want to have Mage Mormont. How do I get her? And it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm having to like try and like track down random people on, you know, who bought the Kickstarter and have maybe two sets. And, right. and he's like, you know, coming to me to be like, what do we know about future releases? Like, do you know anything? And I'm looking here to May and I'm not seeing anything hinting at that. So, you know, it'll be June. Like that's when the, like the pledge like ended for the Kickstarter, right? Like it'll be a full well into the development cycle before they'll be able to get, get an access to those. The other thing is, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, there is the uh, new developer kind of stepping up more and that's Fabio Curry. And uh, he seems super awesome. And uh, we're actually going to reach out to him and see if he'd be willing to come on the podcast. And that might be a question he could give us some clarity or insight on. You know, we can see. Yeah. Pretty cool. And and so, you know, right now I've been waiting for winter is coming. And uh, now there is snow here. So Josh and I have been shoveling a bit and, and dealing with all that. During the recording of this podcast, uh, my internet was cutting in and out. So if there's some weird 
cuts in this, it's because uh, I literally dropped out of the actual podcast while we were doing it. <laughs> um, but I'm here. So, you know, it was good weather for staying inside and getting some painting done. Uh, anything you've got on the table for painting, Josh, right now? Just those, just those outriders. That's my next, that's my next plan. I got to figure out a, you know, a good strategy going into those, but I'm excited. I, I mean, I, I did a whole bunch of like, uh, you know, sworn swords and, uh, and uh, archers to start. And, I'm, you know, now I can really kind of like cool. dial in on one thing. That's gonna be more of like a treat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm still going through my free folk raiders. Got to finish those off and maybe I'll stop and do some NCUs next or giant. Those look really fun to paint. Yeah, yeah. And then once they're all painted up, you know what that means. We got to do a battle report with them. So people have been waiting know, for that. I know, I know, yeah. Do our Free Folk versus what, Starks? Or Free Folk versus Lannisters? Or Night's Watch even? Whatever, Chase, whatever you, you want to do. But maybe the community, you know, if there's something that they'd like to see the most, we'd be happy yes. to record that. Yeah, so if people have a faction they would like to see played, uh, mm -hmm. we do have access to Lannister, Starks, Night's Watch, and uh, free folk and neutral and neutral oh yeah who could forget neutral so yeah. if uh, some of you want to see a, a, a matchup i definitely want to play free folk and you know if anyone wants to suggest them for josh he you, i feel like your style is generally maneuver based like you're very savvy about your placement it's your inner x-wing pilot that's right um, man <laughs> but some people are gonna be like let's suggest like the slowest thing possible for him no but if people that's have right. a certain request they want to see let us know on the table gaming yeah. at gmail.com. I'm looking forward to playing some games and I can't wait to get my miniatures on the table. <laughs>